What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and yep, it's me. I am back on the podcast. I want to say thank you to Mike Simmons for the last three episodes and a couple before that, and thank you to Terry Berger for uh, some previous episodes about hiring. You guys did absolutely amazing uh, guest hosting the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm very thankful. I just got back from the beach. I was there for about 10 days with my family. Uh, I took Will and I took Lucas, and then before that, I was at three days of scout camp with Will. He's a Cub Scout. And uh, I got to stay at scout camp for three days. It was a lot of fun. And then before that, it was multifamily live. So the last three weeks, I've been out of pocket and I've had some help uh, hosting the podcast, making sure that it still went out two times a week for you guys and delivering some really good content and value. I really wish that I was able to interview some of our uh, previous members. We had some amazing uh, runway members on and uh, listened to them all. It was just absolutely amazing. So our altitude and runway members, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to interview you guys, but I think that Terry and Mike did an amazing job. So Thank you guys for doing that. And uh, we're going to start a series today. We're starting a series on what is business like in 2021? We're in a very competitive market. If you listen to the last podcast that Mike Simmons did with Matt, he talked about how this is since 2008, when he got started in real estate, this is the most competitive market he's ever been in. And today we're going to talk about how you find deals and how you can compete in today's market. Like how are you, what do you need? What skill sets do you need? What do you need to be thinking about in order to buy these properties? So there might be bidding wars. There's people overpaying, all kinds of stuff happening right now, right? How do you find more inventory? How do you do some of that stuff? And if you stick around to the end of the show, we make a pretty big announcement about Blackjack Real Estate. So I want you guys to stick around. I want you guys to hear about what's going on with that and give me any feedback. You guys can send me an email. You guys can uh, you know, respond to this email that we send out, post on Facebook, whatever, however you want to uh, talk with me. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, uh, hopefully it was, uh, uh, it's something new that we're doing inside of Blackjack. And uh, I'd love to hear your guys' take on it. And obviously, uh, I'll leave it for that, okay? Um, and we have a seven-figure flipping accelerator coming up in July. It's a 100% free event. I really want you guys to, um, uh, to attend. It's free. We did it last year for the first time. It's going to be so much fun. And you guys are going to learn a ton. So um, make sure that you sign up for that. The link's going to be in the show notes and some of the speakers that we have on the podcast coming up are going to be speakers at this event. And uh, we're going to give the goods, deliver uh, all the content, all the tips, tricks, strategies, everything that you need to grow your business or start your business. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest, Adam Whitney today. It's the second time he's been on the show and uh, it's a really great show. We had a great time together. And again, we made a big announcement at the end, so make sure you stick around for that. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? We are back with an amazing show today. I've got Adam Whitney. Adam was on a show with us just before we went to Cancun. So it was somewhere probably around March. Um, if you want to go back and listen to the original episode, we're not going to go too deep into his background because we want to dive right into this series. And this is the first episode of a series that we're doing now about kind of the cost of doing business, like in today's market, the 2021 market, what we're in. Everybody's talking about this market. It's really hot. Um, it's a seller's market for sure. We weren't sure what was going to happen this year, right? Uh, we went into COVID. We had like three or four months of uncertainty and then kind of came out with no inventory. It's still low inventory, almost zero inventory. It's the summer selling season and there's nothing available. All of our houses are going for way over uh, sale price. But the biggest problem that a lot of people are saying is like, I need to get more houses under contract. I need to win on the buy side. 
So what we're going to talk about today is how do you win on that buy side? Like if you get into bidding wars or, uh, or what does it look like? Like how do you win as a new wholesaler, new flipper, or even a experienced wholesaler, experienced flipper? How do we use some of these tips and tricks that are working in the market right now? And Adam has shared a couple of things with me. He's got some uh, good ideas. We'll kind of go back and forth a little bit on how you can win in this marketplace today. And so, uh, Adam, welcome to the show again. Welcome back. Uh, Two-time uh, guest on the podcast, and it hasn't been that long since you're on the first time. We've obviously de developed a relationship um, over the past few months, and I don't think there's a better person to talk about some of this stuff than you. So if you could just go real quick and give them the highlight reel background of you fast, then we'll just jump right into this kind of content because they can go back and listen to the previous episode. We'll link it in the show notes uh, for everybody that's listening to yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me on, Bill. It's always an honor to be on here and provide, uh, give, you know, give back wherever I can. So I started investing three or four years ago and really just got into wholesaling after uh, joining the seven figure flipping group, wholesaling and flipping and, um, you know, just implemented immediately and, you know, experimented, failed a little bit, experimented, failed a little bit, gained some traction. And then things really started to take off for me. And uh, that's kind of what got me to where I am right now. Awesome. So, um, and we've got a little special announcement at the end of the podcast that we're going to talk about some of the things that we're doing together. I think uh, you're definitely going to want to check that out. So stay, stick around till the end and we'll talk about some things that we've been working on, Adam and myself. Um, and, but until then, let's dive into uh, some of the tips. Like what have you seen out in the marketplace right now? Like, what is it like when we're marketing and we're talking to sellers on the front end for the purchase side, like what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now? And why do you think that is? Yeah, it's crazy right now. And I just was talking to the team this morning about this is you, you know, we look for distress, some type of distress in, in our sellers where we can help them and provide value to them in some way. Right. Well, some of these sellers will have distress and their house probably isn't going to go on the market and sell uh, but they still, they know, they inherently know that the market is hot. So they're still reluctant to have some realism when you're having that conversation with them. So we'll get like, what's well, a motivated lead come in and they're like, oh no, my house is worth way more than that. And, and they're just not, they're not realistic at that time. Maybe the house is in disrepair and they're never going to be able to sell it on the market because it, it can't appraise and it can't uh, make an inspection. So that's, that's common. That's common today. So what, you know, what are you, what are we doing about it? Like, what can you do about it? What can somebody out there that's hustling, looking for a deal? Like, you know, how do we show up and, and start winning some of these? Yeah, I think, I think one, um, you know, the quality of your company matters, uh, how you interact with the sellers matter. Um, you know, you want to be patient with the sellers and then you know that they're going to, they're probably going to go explore to see how they can get money for their property and that's okay. You just want to stay in front of them. You want to stay connected to them. You want to continue to show your company's core values to them. Uh, and you want to have the appropriate sales and follow-up process for that so that you are in front of them. So if I'm a seller and my house is in disrepair, I have some type of distress and I know the market's hot, I might go explore all the angles I can possibly explore. Maybe I Maybe a, a, a wholesaler who's not, not necessarily as savvy is offering them too much and then their contract falls out. I want to be the one in front of them. Maybe they go talk to a realtor and a realtor says, hey, yes, I can list that property if you put $10,000, $30,000 into it uh, and get it inspection ready. And when that happens and they can't do that, I want to be there to help provide the solution for them. So 
I definitely want to stay in front of them and I definitely want to stay um, patient, have quality conversations with them and, and be the person who's there to help them when that time comes. So let's go a little bit deeper there. How do you do that? So I got, I got a, you know, went on an appointment. You're, you're, so leads are really valuable right now, right? That lead is extremely valuable. So what are some things that you're doing to make sure you're nurturing that lead? And then if, if a, another wholesaler contracts it or the seller tells you, hey, you didn't have the highest offer, what's the next step down the road? Like, let's get like, let's give them the next step. Like, what do they need to do with some of that stuff? Yeah. So if it's not, if it's not contracted, we'll talk about that. I'll talk about that next. Um, I think what's most important is the touches we have with that, that particular lead. And I literally just had this conversation this morning is aggressive follow-up. So what is the sequence and flow of your follow-up? What are the buckets that any lead in your system is sitting in at any one time? You can actually see it on my board here. I've been drawing some schematics, which I know you can appreciate um, on what buckets they're in, but it's, it's pretty simple, right? They come into your system from your marketing channels and um, they get scheduled for an appointment or they don't get scheduled for an appointment because they're not, um, they don't have any type of motivation. No matter what, you have to have some type of system to continue to touch them. So that could be SMS, that could be putting them into the, back into the cold calling channel, that could be the fact that they're going to get mail again from you next month. But the, 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 the whole point is to continue, continue to, touch, uh, to touch those leads and have that systematized. So first is process mapping. Like what does that process look like? And then the second part of that is how do your systems integrate and support that? And the whole goal with it is that you're touching them at the frequency you want to touch them to stay in front of them. And uh, that's something I'm, I'm working on even right now to make sure we are not missing any of our leads at all. And I will not, I, my position is, is I don't want to take a lead out of our buckets that get touched unless that lead tells me, take me out of your buckets that get touched, right? Uh, because, you know, their situations change. And that's kind of what we're expecting in the market today. Distress, but is unrealistic about their price. Their situation will eventually change once they realize unable to uh, sell at the price that in their mind. Um, and then the, the second part of that is if another wholesaler contracts it, and we, we just had a couple of these situations where it's under contract. Number one, um, from an ethics perspective, we're not going to mess with that. We are not in the business of trying to take deals from other people. But the minute that that contract expires and that team is not able to perform, we want to be there. So if somebody contracts something, we're not going to go in and try to tell them, hey, we can, you know, you should, here are ways to get out of that contract, come work with us. We, we're not going to do that. But oftentimes, a lot of these, there's a, there are a lot of wholesalers out there who um, are pretty ad hoc and and, and don't have the good systems and don't really know what they're doing, that's okay. As soon as they can't perform, we wanna be the first one in front of them. Again, keeping all those, those leads into our buckets that are being touched constantly. So getting in front of them again, what, what are you doing? Are you, are you texting them once a week? Are you following up with them? Is there, what would you recommend somebody do? Is they got somebody who said, nope, I went with another uh, buyer. Are you checking the, the um, the registry, to, like the county records to see if it's closed yet? Like what, what's the process? Yeah. So uh, at least weekly touches on something like that to make sure you're the first one in front of them. So that, that person, 
we'll discuss these leads or what we have going on weekly with our team. So in a situation where it's like, hey, somebody else contracted this, then it'll be in the acquisitions follow-up bucket. So that's manual follow-up where they set reminders for themselves. And the, our, our guidance on that is one, at least once a week. And that can be something as simple as, hey, just checking in on you, making sure everything's going okay with the property. You know, you don't want to be, there, there's a balance between, you know, your level of aggression of like, hey, we're here, we want to buy your property there. Instead, we want to position it. We want to position ourselves uh, in a place where the seller knows we're there to help if they need anything, even though they have it under contract with somebody else. So yeah. that's, the, that's the manual, that's the manual follow-up side. And then, um, so that's usually happening via phone call or via SMS. Then we have, we, we can take our, the entirety of our list, the, our leads, our leads that are in our database and upload them into Zencall, our cold calling machine and run a specific script on those. So we're just calling to touch our leads. Hey, how you doing today? Uh, just following up with you, seeing if there's any way we can help you. And that's a, that's a more passive script to kind of revive the, the leads that are in our database. And the beauty of that is you can touch all of your leads a lot faster and at least reconnect with them. And oftentimes, you know, people's situation will change and they'll come back in and say, you know what, actually it is time. It is time. I do need some help. And here's my situation, which is great because then it just revives that lead and puts them back into uh, our acquisitions bucket. And now our acquisitions rep is actively working that lead again. Yeah, I I like that. It's it's really just like a, we if they have it under contract and you're checking in on them, it's like, we care about you. We just care about you. It's It's thoughtful. It's not, hey, did they not perform yet? Or did they cancel the contract yet? It's like, hey, I'm just want to check in and make sure everything's going well. We're here for you if you need us. You know, exactly. it's just simple enough to to have that seller be like, you know what, these these are really good people. So if something does go go off, it gets um, it goes sideways with the other uh, buyer. You're gonna be the first person that they call, and that's it. It's just like right there. Uh, it reminds yep. me, I, I really love Seinfeld, and uh, George Costanza <laughs> has a thing where with women, he would always like leave something behind. And he would tell a joke, so he'd like leave behind something. And he he said, "I just want to get in front of them long enough where I I'm always there. Like I'm the first person they turn to, and they go Costanza. So if there's any Seinfeld episode, uh, fans out there, it's that makes me laugh. And I always think about it like this. It's like we just want to be that company that's in front of them every single time when they come back, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know that, that's the company. I'm gonna call them. I'm the first call. You know, I'm not yeah. even calling anybody else. They're right there. So." I think we should label that that uh, sequence or that drip campaign Costanza now because you know that's exactly right. That would be awesome. I, I totally agree. I second that. Um, so everybody out there, I don't know. It's a new thing. We can all just say, "Oh yeah, we Costanza them. They uh, came back," uh, and then we can track how many Costanza contracts we got for the year. All right, process mapping. And so you mentioned that. Uh, I don't. I, I think a lot of people hear that and they go, "Oh yeah, I mean they're." they're that's an advanced company. They got a lot of stuff going on, all these fancy process mapping. Like your process can be whatever it is. So I, I was given a presentation about EOS, I don't know, like a year ago. And you all, everybody has a process. It's either working or not working. It's either good or bad. Like whatever you are doing right now is your process. So your, your, your process is giving you the results that you have right now. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But you have a process, like everything. Getting up, taking a shower, your morning routine, getting your kids off to school, making a sandwich. Like all of these things are just processes. 
the simple thing about this is when I got started, I, my leads were on a sheet of paper, like a little sticky note. They would call, I would write down their stuff on a sheet of paper, and then I'd stack up the paper. And then I would just go from the top of the paper down to the bottom of the papers to, to call these people back. And the people on the bottom weren't getting as much love. And I didn't have, I had a system. It just wasn't very good. So don't get, don't get um, like overwhelmed by Adam talking about process mapping for all of this. Like it could just be simple, simple enough. Like I get two leads a week, usually five leads a week would have whatever it is for you. And then I'm going to call them back this many times. And that's it. That's your process. Like you can map it out. And it can get more sophisticated over time. But if you're new or you're newer, don't feel like you have to build all of these things out and then go do something. Like, go do something. So Andy used to tell me, like, just keep breaking stuff. Like, breaking stuff, then fix it. Break stuff, then fix it. You know, and just constantly evolve over time. So the process mapping on your follow-up, it's just, like, are you following up? And then how are you tracking that? And how are you sure of it? So I went from the, the pieces of paper to an Excel spreadsheet then to an official CRM. And that's kind of was my evolution. So don't think that you need all that stuff right away. So I just wanted to, to throw that in because I think it is a little bit daunting. When I heard process mapping, I was like, oh gosh, like that sounds so painful oh, yeah. as an entrepreneur, you know? But And, and I'm, I'm also like details isn't my strong suit, but I like to keep everything simple. So like anybody starting out or even if you're, you're well along on your journey, it, the more simple you keep it, the more likely it is to work. When you start overcomplicating it, then you start to have issues. At least that's what I've found so far in my journey. Yep, I completely agree with that. So now we've got, okay, we've got the follow-up. We've got making sure that we're talking to people, uh, the touch points, the follow-up, mapping that process and things like that. Um, what are some other things that you're seeing? Like, how can we win in today's market? So that's some ways to make sure that we are we are first to mind if we haven't um, uh, haven't gotten the, the contract with the seller. That's um, the fact that you you mentioned that um, a point about being the like very professional, being the people that they actually want to do business with. Um, then there is also something about you know our offer being enough for them in today's market, probably right. So what what are some things like that? Like how do we have the ability potentially to pay a little bit more or be that wholesaler? that makes the offer that wins in some of those bidding wars and stuff. Like how do you win in that world? And what are some things that you're doing now about that? Yeah, there, I think there's a couple pieces to this. Uh, exit strategy is one of them. Wholetailing has uh, been really big. And for those who don't know about wholetailing, it's simply um, instead of sending it out to my buyers list, we actually take the property down ourselves. It needs a little bit of work. Maybe it just needs a, a couple thousand dollar cleanup. You post it on the MLS and then uh, move it to a, a normal buyer on the MLS. Uh, wholetailing is one way where you can, you can pay a little bit more money. The other thing I would say is uh, conversations with your buyers, understanding your buyer's list and understanding what things are transacting for in that particular market. There are some markets where uh, properties can still be wholesaled and they're going 83 per, uh, 83% of ARV minus repairs minus your wholesale fee right now, uh, especially those big markets. And, you know, if you look at Austin, Texas, as an example, I talk to investors out there all the time. You look at some of the big Florida markets, like you, it's just not, you can't just keep using the same equation if it doesn't make sense for the current macroeconomics of that market. 
And some markets are just transacting at, at a higher level because if you think about it, if you're a flipper right now and there's so little inventory, you know, your, your crews are your, are your team. And if you don't have your team employed, you're going to lose those crews. And that's a valuable commodity to you as a flipper. So some flippers will be willing to take a little bit less money on the profit so they can keep, just so they can keep their crews uh, employed. So those are all considerations. So talk to your buyers understand what things are transacting for in your market and what they're selling for. And you can go follow along any wholesaler in your market and watch what those prices look like. Yeah. So what, what I pulled out of there, I wrote down, know your numbers, know your buyers. Like if you know your numbers on the out on the back end, so the exit strategy, what it's going to look like, knowing your numbers, dial into that. What are the comps doing? The, the flippers. And I heard Mike, Mike interviewed uh, Matt from the runway program uh, recently, just on the last podcast. And they said, don't be a motivated buyer. So you mentioned as a flipper, like some flippers will, will be out there trying to keep their crews um, employed. They don't care if they break even. Uh, I highly recommend that if you listen to this podcast or you're part of our community, you don't become one of those. So um, don't, don't just break even, lose money to keep your people employed. Go look for better deals, right? So, and, and we can help you do that. So don't be a motivated buyer, first of all. But if you're a wholesaler, take advantage of the people that are doing that stuff, right? And I don't mean take advantage of them like in a bad way, but th those are people that, that that's their business. They're used to doing 10 flips and they have no inventory right now. So they are willing to pay more, but they're also getting a lot more on the back end. So as a wholesaler, it, you don't go knock on the flipper's door after they sell the property and like, hey, you sold it for 30,000 more than you thought you were going to sell it for. Can you give me some more money? Don't be afraid to make that $20,000, $30,000 on the front end because they're seeing more upside potential on the back end. And you know, fortunately for them, the longer they hold it from last year to this year, they're seeing a huge upside in appreciation right now. And so, and there's, you know, it's, we'll see what happens, but there's no inventory and there's a huge demand. It's supply and demand equation. If anybody has any economics background, they understand when there's low supply, there's very high demand. And the prices go up and that's what's happening right now. So yeah. go out there and look for those properties and those buyers. Yeah. And I, I had a, I had a really good example of this recently. Um, I, I had a property that was really tight in the numbers. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be a deal. I had it under contract for a hundred thousand. Um, I marketed it for 108,000 and ended up moving it at 105,000. The ARV was 155 to 160, super tight. Well, that guy took that property down and ended up getting it under contract on the market and selling it for 220 for 220 So significant increase. The ARVs are going up. People, uh, you know, your everyday buyer is buying it for more money. They're waiving appraisals. So you're, you're absolutely right. You, you just, it's hard to, to nail down the, the exit in for the flipper. It's, it's ascending up most times. Yeah. And the reason we're doing this series is because to give everybody an understanding of what's happening, like a pulse of the market right now. So on the buy side, you have to, you have to look at the back end too. And in, you know, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about how to sell for the most profit. We're going to be talking about doubling or, or more your profit margins on these deals and taking advantage of the marketplace right now when you exit. Right. So right now it's kind of, how do we get, how do we get in the game? Like, how do we get, it, it's very competitive, hyper-competitive right now, right? Probably one of the, Mike said it on the last podcast. He said it was since 2008, when he started investing, it's one of the most competitive markets he's ever seen, probably the most uh, since then. And I, I would agree with him. It is. But when we find those deals, 
there's big money in them usually. So don't don't lay over don't lay down for your buyers and and figure out how to how to how to double that profit margin on the backside. How to really like build your buyers list. Like Adam said, know your numbers, know your buyers. And um, and if you don't know, go take some time to learn that stuff. Because if you're getting beat out on some of these deals, it might be because the other person doesn't know what they're doing. They're just paying way too much. But it also might be, and I've talked about this for years, it might be the fact that they know something you don't. Maybe there's other exit strategies that they're looking at. Maybe they have the money and they're taking it down to wholesale like Adam talked about. Maybe they're selling to developers. Maybe they're selling to Airbnb buyers. Maybe they're selling to hedge funds. Maybe they're doing things that you don't know about, right? And so what are they doing? And that's, that's really important to know and understand. And every time you get beat, you should look at that property and track it. And so it's something I did when I was like very deep in my business. Anytime that we had a deal that we lost or some, that somebody else bought, I, and I was there and I was involved, I looked at it and I said, who bought it? Number one, I got that, made sure I had that buyer on my list. But number two is like, what are they doing with it? Are they renting it out? Are they fixing it up? Are they buying it to live in? Like, what, what is it? And how come I lost? And I learned from it. Everything is a learning lesson. And so if you think of it that way, you can go back and take all of those, all that information and start diagnosing what's happening and how you can maybe make an adjustment. And you might just say, you know what? I just, I didn't feel, it was too risky. I didn't feel comfortable buying it for that price. Fine. Or that person's living in it. I can't compete with that. You're right, you can't. But how could you find, get that property at some point before that person got to it? Like, how did they get to there and you didn't? So a lot of things to know about that. Um, one thing I want to talk about is sales ability. So do you think in today's market that it's more about price and less about sales and negotiation? Or do you feel like sales and negotiation plays a really big part still in today, today's market? Yeah, I, I do think having a, a consistent sales process is important and your approach on that. I think you're starting to, I would, I would have argued maybe, uh, you know, maybe even six months ago that, you know, if you have a really tight sales process, you're good, but we're starting to see price creep into that, like we talked about before, but you have, you, you should have a sales process. You should understand the conversations and some of the things you need to um, really accomplish in those quality conversations, like basics, setting expectations, um, you know, building rapport, understanding motivation, those are all still wildly important. You know, if a seller uh, is going to be closable, if they're going to have motivation, uh, you, you got to find that out. And if you don't, then you'll, you may not, you may not get those deals. So I do, I don't think there's a dichotomy between the two right now. I think you're starting to see the price be important, but at the end of the day, if a person has a problem to solve, your job in sales is to uncover that using a sales process. And I'm not talking about reading a script. I'm talking about um, outlining things in a certain way with your sellers to help them understand because that's important. Like a house is the most expensive thing any person buys. And there's a significant emotional attachment to it. So you're, you're working with your emotional brain, not necessarily your logical brain a lot of times. And you really want to get after what, what is the emotional attachment? What is the distress? Uh, what is the motivation? I think the, the short answer is, I, you know, I think I favor the sales process. I think it's really important. Um, but I, I do see the, the, the price starting to creep up and, and overtake that emotional brain with some of these, these distressed sellers. Yeah, I agree with that. The sales process is so important. We've got, but, you know, on the other side of that coin is, I think knowing your numbers and knowing your buyers and all of that stuff 
has become almost just as important as the sales ability uh, that we had before. So that sales ability was really, really important when we were kind of like shooting fish in a barrel to go as deeply discounted as possible. And now it's kind of more about um, trying to understand the back end, what we can sell it for, knowing the value and the risk that we take on by buying that property or, or assigning it or, or whatever it is. And, um, but I think most of the salespeople, they've, they've always kind of leaned into their sales ability and not necessarily a sales process. So more of, more of that and the follow-up system that we talked about in the beginning. I think that's really, really important. And just being there, like almost like, I love this Costanza thing, like Costanzaing them, right? And so we're there all the time you know, and we're in front of them consistently. I think what, what we talked about for the past, I mean, I, I've looked at it this way for years. When something happens in their life, I want to be there at that time because somebody who's not motivated, like you said in the beginning of this uh, podcast, you've got somebody who's not motivated. They will eventually become motivated. If there's some motivation there and they're not getting their problem solved, they will become motivated over time. It's like they're bleeding and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And they're in more and more pain over time. So being there, I would say like, I want my mail pieces or my marketing or my calls or my texts or whatever that marketing is. I want it to be there when they feel that certain way. So it's like that day that they open their mailbox, they have to feel a certain way when they open it. So the more often I can get in front of them, the more likely they will feel that way to actually call than the day before where everything was perfect and they threw it in the recycling bin or ripped it up or yelled at us, you know, got mad. So the same thing here is we need to be in front of them at the right time. And then we also have to have the right message and conversation then and also know our numbers and our exit strategy to the point where we're not leaving money on the table or losing deals. So, I mean, it's just almost like you, you can't have a lot of holes in your, in your game right now. You just have to be on. Uh, all around. And, and you have to constantly be analyzing and looking back to say, why did we lose out on that? What happened? And almost like, you know, Monday morning quarterback, all that stuff to find out how can we get better? And I think you have to have a team around you that if it is a team or if it's just you, that you are um, really in tune to the market and what's going on, which I think makes a lot of the stuff that we do, the events, the podcast that you're listening to right now, the uh, meeting, the mastermind meetings that we have, all that stuff, even more valuable now than it was before, because it really is like current events, right? What's happening right now and how can I get better? And all the people that we have that show up to those things, they just want to get better. Like they want to uh, diagnose what's happening. They want to break, they want to share the things that aren't working as just as much as the things that are working. So I think all of that stuff comes into it. Um, I know we started on sales ability, but um, I really think it is about like making sure that you, it's, things are dialed in all across the board. And, and there's an important thing to note there too you can have the perfect process, track your KPIs to a T, but diagnosing it can be difficult because you only have one sample size, which is your business in your market. The power of the mastermind group is I can go to everybody else's business and go, hey, my KPIs look like this. My hypothesis is this. What do yours look like? And then I, when I start to see the trend, then I realize it helps me really just dial into like, okay, what is going on? Is it, is it marketing? Is it lead intake? Is it sales? Where do I need to focus my efforts? So that's been really powerful for me, at least in the mastermind group. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I showed up, uh, I mean, when I showed up like six years ago, I had no idea what I was doing at all. So everything was like mind blowing for me. And then once you get things dialed in, it's just like a small tweak. So like, if you're listening to this and, and you have a great business that's up and running and you're like, man, I could just use just a couple more deals, a couple new ideas, like those small tweaks in million dollar businesses, hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's what I saw. As we got up to, you know, $1 million, $2 million, $3 million in gross profit, it was like, 
just one idea and one tweak. I mean, even doing this podcast, I write down one note and it's just like another $100,000 for the company for the year if it's implemented properly. Like go out there, listen to things, show up to events, network with people. Um, even if you you know don't want to spend the money to jump into a mastermind, like there, go go out and find find somewhere and something that is is what you need and go implement it. So uh, I think a lot of the stuff that we do, the uh, the virtual events that we put together, um, like the free events that we do, the podcast, obviously you're listening to now, the uh, Flip Hacking Live in October. You should, I mean, that should just be an automatic for people who are in this business. Go there, find out what people are doing on. Like every year, what's new? What's changed? What's some tips? What's some uh, new system to implement? And I know a lot of people that um, that go to that event every single year, and they take one of those ideas and just go turn it into a million bucks. Like that's it. You know, I'm a, I'm a member of multiple masterminds. I go to lots of different events. Um, you know, I'm trying to come up with my calendar now that everything's going out in person again. And there's 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 one or two events. There's two events every year that I never miss. One's a marketing event. One's more of a kind of a motivation and mindset event. And those two events, I never miss, never. I will never miss one. If, they, if it's going on, I'm there. And uh, even with everything that I got, got going on, all this stuff, and we're a part of three different masterminds just in seven-figure flipping and about to be four. And for, each team has a different group because just, I, and I only use like 10% of it. Honestly, I use about 10% of each of those groups and that changes my business. Um, just, I don't have time to use 100% of it and it's okay. I just use the 10% that I need it gets me the results that I want. I spend spend twenty five thousand dollars. I make an extra two hundred grand from it. So it's really important to do. All right, we've uh, so I know we talked about. I really think the kind of summing everything up. We talked about like you know being there um, when the wholesale other wholesalers fall out. The follow up pro, fo, the follow up process. The pro, to actually like map that out and, and create a system and design it around it, regardless of where you are in experience level, but you have to have some system. Everybody has a system. There's a system for making peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You got a system for follow-up. It, it just might not be that good. It might need a little tweaking and it might just need to be written down on a white sheet of paper with a couple of bullet points. And it's that simple. Like it's, you don't have to make it really hard. Know your numbers, know your buyers, um, sales ability, sales process, those kind of things. And really just making sure that you have a really tight ship. Like the operational efficiency is so important right now in today's market. Uh, Andy gave a presentation at Flip Hacking Live a couple of years ago about that. Blocking and tackling is what it was called. It was uh, 2018's Flip Hacking Live. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. This blocking and tackling presentation was so awesome. It was just, just do the basics really, really well. And it, you, you'll see over time, you'll get, if you get really consistent at that, it's so important. We get so caught up in all the tech, all the efficiencies, all the all the like exact systems and all these things. And we don't do the basics really, really well. What's on the numbers tracking, the lead intake, uh, all the way through the dispositions. We're just, you know, we, we're not doing the basics. We're trying to get really fancy. And I think any, if anytime, like you said, keep it simple. If you can do that, get back to the basics, get really, really good at it, be consistent. Uh, you just, I mean, you have to change with the markets, but you know your numbers on the back end, you can pay a little bit more on the front end. And um, I know we're gonna talk about this in a couple episodes over the next few episodes, but those exit strategies are so important. If you understand those, then you can pay a little bit more and win out some of these bidding wars on the front end. And that's really important to do. Um, all right, let's transition, make a quick transition. Um, it's kind of funny because as we're talking, it's like um, you're saying like the team is meeting and we and stuff like that. So um, obviously Adam came on the podcast a little bit. I'm going to tell a quick story and then I'll kind of let him jump in. But uh, Adam came on the podcast right before we went to Cancun. We spent some time in Cancun together. 
And um, I, Blackjack, I do a year in review for Blackjack every year. And um, this year, I'll talk a little bit more about this in the year in review of what happened and all this stuff. But um, I was looking for something, like I was spending a lot more time at Seven Figure Flipping. We we're developing a multifamily mastermind that a lot of you guys saw get launched uh, here at Multifamily Live. I've just been spending a ton on that. I bought a farm. Um, I'm also buying apartment buildings and all this other stuff. And my life just got really hectic and crazy. And so I knew that I was either going to be spending more time in blackjack to kind of keep that running, or I was going to figure out an, another solution to, um, to make sure that the company's running, uh, everything, you know, uh, uh, everything's happening the way it needs to happen and stuff like that. And I was kind of getting sucked in there uh, more, but I didn't have a, a lot of time. And Nate and I are partners in a commercial uh, uh, company with Chad King, myself and Nate, uh, called Titan Capital. We're buying apartment buildings and stuff like that. And uh, Nate and I are doing some stuff on the uh, owner financing side and lease options, stuff like that. And so it just got to a point where it's like, look, let's we're doing all these other things. Let's figure out what it looks like and what Blackjack's going to become. And so kind of sat down and talked. And uh, I said, I actually went to the Cancun Mastermind. So I'll tell the story real quick too, and then I'll hand it over to you, I promise. I went to the, the Mastermind in Cancun. I was running the high-level seven-figure altitude members, the folks who are doing like multiple millions of dollars. And I said, hey, at the end, like I need some help. Like I need to do a hot seat. So I was doing all the hot seats that day, giving people advice, help facilitate all that stuff. And I said, if you guys have time, they actually stayed an extra 30 minutes after it was over. We're supposed to be going to the pool, getting ready, like hanging out on free time with family. And they stayed an extra 30 minutes to help me. And I basically did a hot seat. I said, hey, here's some all the things that I have going on. Here's, here's this stuff. And I remember... Uh, Janet and Larry French are some of our seven-figure altitude members. They're absolutely amazing. Um, they've been on the show before. Uh, I love these two. Uh, they, they said, hey, we're doing something now where we brought in a partner on our, uh, one of our properties, and they're kind of uh, taking over the majority of the, of the company and the work and things like that. We're taking a, a step back and still involved, still partners, still everything, but they, we took on a partner. And have you ever thought about doing that? And I was like, no, not really. I actually was very anti-partnership. I just, it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. And I have obviously have some partners in this company, Seven Figure Flipping, and it's gone really well. And I love, you know, working with them and having that board of directors and stuff like that. So um, I said, well, you know, it's interesting because there's this guy here in Cancun who's absolutely killing it. And, uh, and he's also uh, came on the podcast and I could tell he reminds me of a lot of me when I was uh, getting started. And it's got the drive, got the, um, got the grit, got everything that's needed to make a very successful business. And I know that he will uh, with or without me. So I approached Adam right after that and said, hey, do you wanna do something together? And he said, well, let me think about it. I'll talk to my wife. Uh, it sounds interesting. And we did. So that's kind of the announcement. Uh, I don't know how much deeper you want me to go, Adam, but uh, Adam effectively is the uh, owner operator of Blackjack Real Estate and, and my partner, um, but he's the one who's running the show. So he took over as the, as the partner. Uh, I took a step back, like a minority share ownership of the company. And uh, I, I look at myself kind of like, I love the, the show, The Profit. I like uh, Shark Tank and The Profit. And I kind of look at myself like the Marcus Limonis, if I can help um, grow the business, help uh, continue to raise capital, whatever's needed for the company. But, um, but let somebody else be in charge, be running the show, stuff like that. And, uh, and I'll be there for, to support. Yeah. And Man, was that just, was that a shock to me to get such a great opportunity with a team of just fantastic people? Um, I mean, 
I I was I was in shock, I think, in our initial conversation. And, you know, I said, let me think about it. I need a couple of days. It only took me about 60 minutes to realize the opportunity I had in front of me. I think I called you back within an hour and said, I'm all in. And I thought about it. And what I thought about was, like, who are these people? Are these people that align with who I am as a person? Do they have the same kind of core values? And, you know, if anybody listens to this podcast, they know Blackjack Real Estate. And they do, they do align. They have incredible core values. They have incredible people. And um, it, it's a great team. And it's been a fantastic experience getting to serve the team uh, as the CEO and, and owner operator. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of it. And it's really awesome because I got to go from kind of the startup phase to uh, maybe skip a step or two. And now I'm, I'm in it where you know, there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces and we're orchestrating this whole thing and we're really trying to find the best ways we can bring value to both our our sellers and our buyers and even to other wholesalers. So it's been really incredible. Blackjack's a fantastic company and they, you know, uh, even even with uh, with a little bit of your absence being busy, the company is so good, it's still running, you know, and then I get an opportunity to come in and serve the team and it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun rest of the year. So I look forward to actually um, doing that end of the year podcast. I, I love doing that. It's just kind of like lets me reflect on everything that happened this year, and it's been an interesting year. Like uh, I really wanted to get more involved with my family. I really committed, you know, committed with my wife. We've been through a lot over the past uh, couple of years, which you guys have heard on the podcast. I've shared a lot about that here uh, with everybody. So you know, and um, I. You know, I, I really, I think all of us, we need to get realistic with the time that we have, the desires that we have, what we want to do and where we want to be. And it was something where I just didn't want to close the company down. Like it, I, it wasn't even really a choice. I mean, it was, it was there. I threw it out as an option, but you know, I want to be, I want to be involved in this business. I love it. Like I still love it. I, there's a couple deals that, that I was working, like before Adam came in, I was having to, I was on the call with the team. I was going through deals. I was. I was like working on ARVs, all that stuff and, um, and managing some of the wholesale projects and stuff. And I just, I love that stuff. I, I'll never get enough of that. And it's not something that I'm willing to hang up. I'm getting ready to hang up my flight suit. Um, I'm getting ready to hang up a, a lot of different things. And, you know, I got really sad that I, I'm probably never going to fly another military aircraft again. And that makes me really sad. So I'm certainly not ready to hang up my, um, my single family house flipping and wholesaling uh, uniform right now. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think there's any, any more capable hands that I could put them in, uh, put the company in than Adam. It's been interesting to work with you um, over the past, you know, few months. And it's really, actually, it's probably like a month now. It's just amazing to see. Um, what you're capable of and the amount of like the, the work ethic that this guy has is, is I've seen it before. I've seen it in Nate, I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in a couple other people. Um, that work ethic will make you successful regardless of what you do. And, um, and it's really interesting to see hard work is obviously one of my core values and it's not, uh, not lost on you. So um, I know that you want to talk about something that we're doing in the company here. So I want to give you a few minutes to do that before we kind of sign off. And there'll be more coming about this. I think we'll talk about it some more. Uh, maybe we'll do something. We'll probably do something at Flip Hacking Live. So I've got uh, uh, some stuff in mind, some ideas and things like that. And then uh, I know you don't know this yet, but I'm going to uh, force you to be a speaker at um, our Seven Figure Flipping Accelerator here uh, next month. So awesome. um, we'll make sure that you fit in there and, and hopefully you're available. So um, 
All right, you want to talk about something though? We're doing some really cool uh, joint venture programs. Uh, we got a, we're getting this ramped up and launched here before you came in, and now you're. I know you're going to take it to the next level. So you want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, I think uh, you know getting to be accelerated so quickly. I, I can remember. You know, it's hard for somebody who's been doing it for three or four years and has seen success to remember what it's like to be in the beginning. So. Uh, one of the problems I see a lot of my, my peer wholesalers struggle with is the ability to disposition properties, to sell properties to buyers, because building a buyer's list is, is not that easy. Uh, and one of the superpowers of Blackjack Real Estate is we've got an incredible, incredible buyer's list. Well, a lot of the other wholesale companies that offer like joint venture opportunities um, it is just a pretty simple 50-50 split. One unique thing for Blackjack is, um, you know, anything that's going to be over a $10,000 wholesale fee is not going to be a 50-50 split. We would not take more than $10,000 on the joint venture. So if you've got this huge deal and you don't have the right buyers list where you can maximize the profits, we can maximize it for you. And you're going to keep the majority of that money. And you're not going to find that anywhere else. You're really not because, because uh, folks are looking to do 50, 50, almost across the board. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity. I think if you're a, a, a new wholesaler and you don't have a big buyers list or you just need some help, you should reach out to our team and our team can help you disposition any of those properties. So can you do that anywhere? Uh, I mean, we could do it anywhere, to be honest, but we, we're in we're really in uh, five primary markets, and that's Nashville, Chattanooga, Pensacola, Tampa and Lakeland, Florida. So we, okay. we certainly can move move quickly there. But, you know, we'd be willing to look and help you do it in other areas, too. Yeah. So those, those are the big areas that we have uh, a huge presence in. I remember when I when I helped I helped a friend a couple of years ago and. Uh, we, we got him like a, he was going to sell it for like a $20,000 assignment fee. And I think I got him like 80, six, 65 to $70,000 or something. And, um, I just said, look, you look at that time. I said, you, you tell me what you want for it and I'll put it out to my buyer's list. I'll see what I can get for it. And then we'll talk about, you know, where we stand and what you got to pay me. So I'll at least get you what you want because I know that I can make a lot more. And then I think we split the difference on top of what he wanted. But um, when, when the team, I asked the team to put all that stuff together, they came back and they said 50-50 split, minimum of $10,000, these kind of things. And I said, look, what if we did something different? What if we did something that nobody else is doing? And what if we said, because I said, look, if you make $10,000 on a deal, then I'm not going to take it all. So if we, if, so here's an example, you make, we can only get you 10. You probably couldn't have sold it at all. Right. You have to go back and cancel it. We'll split it 50, 50, 5,000, 5,000. Uh, now, if you, if you, you were going to make 10 or 12 or 15 with the couple buyers that you have, or the hundred buyers that you have, and we send it out to our huge buyers list and we make 50, then you make 40 and we make 10. So we, we we're capped at 10, regardless of what we make you. So if we get less than 10, it's very likely that you would not have sold it because if we can't sell it for more than 10, you can't sell it for more than 10, right? But if we get 50 or 60 or 80, right? Then the max we'll ever take is 10,000. So that's the, that's the cost, basically our cost of doing business. That's the minimum wholesale fee that I would be interested in getting for the company. And can we help you get, you know, do a couple deals like that? I think that my reasoning was, I think that we can do more. I think that more people would be interested in that. I think that I remember when I got started too, it was hard to move properties. I remember canceling the first couple of contracts I had and I was so excited about them. 
The other thing that we can do is we can look at it almost like a hard money lender or somebody else's experience and say, we can't even move that to our list, man. Or you bought it way too high. Like we can't even move that. I would never pay that, you know? And so we can kind of underwrite some of that for you. Uh, don't send us all your junk, but it's definitely something that we can look at. So uh, Adam, how can they get a hold of, uh, of you and the team for something like this? What's the best way for them to send something? Yeah, the best way is to reach out to our disposition side, which is dan at blackjackre.com, dan at blackjackre.com. He's, he's going to be the main point of contact. And if, if you need anything at all, just reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, MySpace. I'm, I'm across everything. So, uh, you know, definitely reach out to me if I can help you in, a, in any way. Okay, you just said MySpace. Is that, uh, did you? I, I it's on the internet, so I assume it's still there somewhere. It's <laughs> uh, funny. So sometimes I don't know when Adam's joking. It's like straight face Marine, and he drops something <laughs> like MySpace. So, um, and for, for those, I guess for those uh, folks uh, out there, like I, this is really exciting for me, and I know it's really exciting for Adam. And you know, the the what I want to leave everybody with on this kind of partnership, this transition and stuff like that for me is obviously uh, this is not because we started up a multifamily mastermind. I said that at multifamily live. So we have a lot of our members and people that are like, well, what are you, is that what you're doing now? No, we're still firmly planted in the single family wholesaling and flipping our seven figure altitude, seven figure runway programs. We are still putting like all my time right now is going towards flip back in live, the seven figure flipping accelerator that we're doing, everything that we're doing for you guys right here, the podcast at seven figure flipping, all that stuff. Um, so that's, that's, none of that's going to change. We just added a multifamily mastermind onto what we do. So now we have three, we have the runway program, seven figure runway, seven figure altitude, seven figure multifamily. And this, the, the cool thing about this, I think is, is it just shows that like what's possible if you, and I'm not saying come to flip packing live, join our mastermind group, and you're going to own one of my companies one day. But when you, when you show up, you have a core value alignment you show promise, you show all of these things, like opportunities are everywhere. They're right there for you. Like there's, you make your own opportunities. You show up, you see opportunities. You have to be in a position to capitalize on them. Had I not interviewed Adam for the podcast in March and had I not seen what he did in April at Cancun, I mean, he was outside of a, of a buffet after lunch talking to somebody's lead and there was like 50 people around him watching and listening to this. And I, I saw that. I just watching, walking by with my wife and I was like, what's going on here? And I was talking to some people later. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy's helped me so much. And he's, he's spending so much time and, and doing all these different things. And all that does, it's, it's, it was almost like, a, like an interview that he didn't know he was going through, right? And so when I sat down and I said, you know what? J Janet and Larry have a good point there. I wonder who could be a potential partner or a potential person to talk to about this and just see if they're interested. And he was, I mean, it's just very interesting how these things happen. You know, people say we make our own luck a lot of times. I really think like there's opportunity that is everywhere. It's constantly around us. And we have to put ourselves in the position to be able to see it and accept it. And this is an opportunity for me, opportunity for him. Uh, it seemed like a, a, a very good fit. And I'm really excited about the future here. Like I can't wait for, I don't know, Adam one day to do the Blackjack Year in Review podcast. And I do the Seven Figure Flipping Year in Review podcast. And uh, something like that, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next year or two. And I, I think it, it's in very capable hands. I'm really excited about it. And, um, and uh, hopefully everybody is too. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see. And if you guys are looking to partner or uh, want some help, I've seen Adam help a ton of people. And that's really why is leads with 
um, with care and, um, it's, it's just, it's amazing to see. And I know that the staff and the team at blackjack are definitely in capable hands and we're going to have a great year and I'm excited about it because, you know, um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to everything that I, that this frees me up to do here at seven figure flipping, uh, for you guys and, uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, all right. Anything else you want to cover? No, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just grateful. I just want to say I'm grateful. And I, if, if anybody needs help, I, you know, I'm always here to help. All right. How can they find you on like Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, that kind of stuff? Yeah. You can just search my name, Adam Whitney on any of the platforms. You'll find me on there. Um, okay. and yeah, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Cool. Um, all right. If you're, uh, still watching this and still with us, we have the seven figure flipping accelerator coming up. It's 100% free. It's just in like a couple weeks. Uh, let me pull up the exact date, July. I think it's the 23rd and 24th. It's a Friday afternoon and a Saturday morning. And we did it last year for the first time. It was amazing. We had like 350 people live on there with us. We have upgraded our, our virtual event system. It's a, it's a full on virtual experience. And um, the other cool thing that I haven't mentioned yet, but I will today is Lending Home has agreed to sponsor this event with us. We're working on some details with that now. And um, I'm really excited to, um, to share a little bit about what's going to happen. So you're going to show up for free, but you might go home with something, uh, some money, some prizes, some gifts, things like that. We've actually got a really big, um, a really big giveaway and some announcements to make for some of those folks that show up. They play all out. They, they're there the whole time. And uh, you can win some really, really cool prizes and really cool stuff. So, and I'm talking uh, like cash money. So to get you started in your business, get you that your next marketing drop uh, to go out, whatever that might be, hire your first person. Um, but to be able to fund some of that uh, startup fee for you guys, um, just by showing up to a free event. So uh, end of July, make sure you sign up and put the link in the show notes for the Seven Figure Flipping Accelerator. And it's about three months before Flip Hacking Live. It's to get you motivated, get you all the information that you need. Um, we got some mindset presentations. We got a ton of content. Um, I'm going to make Adam come in and speak about something. Um, Steve and Casey Packett, I just got uh, talked to them. They're going to speak about um, disposing of the deals, uh, doubling their profit margin, things like that. There's going to be some amazing presentations, all content, all value, no fluff, and uh, you guys can't miss it. So make sure you sign up, you show up, you pay attention, play all out with us. And... Um, and then get ready for Flip Packing Live, October 14th, 15th, and 16th. Amazing event. Uh, get your tickets now. It'll never be cheaper than it is right now. Um, so make sure you go over there. Just like Mike Simmons said, this is a great time to, uh, to get your tickets. So you can go to fliphackinglive.com and grab those. Uh, Adam, thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully uh, some people take you up on your offer for the JV program. Uh, it'd be really good. And I'm glad that we uh, made that announcement. We can share it now. Uh, it's all open. It's out on the table. And, uh, and if you guys need anything for Blackjack Real Estate, you can go to Adam. <laughs> Thanks, All right, man. Bill. It's been out it. with you. Um, I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Anything else? Any last last words? Any uh, words yeah, of advice for everybody? Yeah, just execute. Take take uh, consistent action daily. Awesome. Thanks, man. I tried to keep this to thirty minutes, but we're almost at an hour now. I just cannot do it. I'm sorry. I'll do my I'll do better next time. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys on the next show. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. 
This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.